All right, we're going to talk about love mm, today. Imagine that. And I think we have taken advantage or taken what or what? granted for granted. We take... <laughs> <laughs> We've taken advantage. You've taken advantage of my love for sure. <laughs> We've taken for granted our our yeah. understanding and value of biblical love, and so oh, we biblical are, love. Or I, I'm getting into it. Okay, just okay. wait. Okay. So wow. today we're going to be talking about how Jesus is our example of love and our authority on love uh, when it comes to marriage. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. side <laughs> do you want to go back and then no. you can say it? no that was perfect <laughs> that was per- suddenly i was awake <laughs> yeah you can so do all the openings if you want we do take <laughs> no that's great we were teasing each other uh, uh, she was you were regretting not saying see you on the other side and then so you jumped in and said, here we are okay anyway it's kind of my thing anyway it's, it's trademarked anyway <laughs> anyway anyway so Love, okay. We did a bit, a tiny kind of straw poll, I guess, a couple, a little while ago when we were writing Fierce Marriage, the book. A little while ago. That was like two years ago. Yeah. And <laughs> kind of asked people and did a, and did some research, like, what is popular opinion around love? And you can probably imagine, listener, um, it's not necessarily the biblical view right. of it. And so a lot of people would say, you know, uh, actually, let me just take something out of our book. So we, I looked at a video, namely by... Um, Soul Pancake, okay, so they are, it's a Dwight Schrute, so Rain Wilson's like YouTube channel marketing gotcha. platform thing. Gotcha. They created this video and they, you know, of course, excuse me. Okay, you sound like you're going to cry about it. That's <laughs> <laughs> so sad. So <laughs> I was, had some indigestion. I think I ate the granola bar too soon. <laughs> okay. my life right now. So he created this video to kind of illustrate... It's funny because they they frame it as a like a beautiful representation of human diversity and diverse views and like just the innate goodness and the human spirit to to love and be loved and but, define love but, and define love. But it honestly it struck me as tragic and it struck me as confused. Okay, mm. so one of the things they said it was a thirty four year old woman said this: love means never having to say you're sorry. Well. <laughs> That doesn't okay. sound like love to me. Uh, but that I don't sounds believe... sounds like pride. <laughs> <laughs> well, or it's denial. Uh, sure. Or like complete lack of any s- sense of decorum or, hey, right this is right wrong. and wrong. And anyway, <laughs> so she said, love is, love is never having to say you're sorry, but I don't believe that at all. Okay. Because I feel like you say you're sorry a lot. All right. Uh, an 11-year-old girl said, someone who loves you loves you because you're you. A 64-year-old man, so very diverse sa- sampling here. Love means accepting people the way they are. Hmm. Is that true? Nope. Uh, I think it's got to, so just like everything, it's got a hint of truth in it. So there's Sorry, yes. Come as you are. Well, right? it's, That's it's like love. The gospel yeah, says come as you are, but, but don't stay that That's way. That's what Kyle talked about. Yes. You have to love others. So we love as you are, but I think love compels us to to want more good for somebody and that more good always looks like more obedience uh 
we'll get into that. Um, the you're pointing at the run or the um, what is it called? You're pointing at the housekeeping. housekeeping. Okay, finally, uh, it has to be. So this is a 54, 50 year old woman said it has to be a two way street. It can't just be you know I'm accepting you. You got to accept me too. Hmm. Um, someone I'll end with this one actually. A nineteen year old man said, "I always say I'd rather love someone than be in love with someone because being in love with someone." Uh, implies that you can fall out of it. So being in love with someone means you can. It implies you can fall out of it. So anyway, all to say is there's a diverse kind of view. There's diversity <laughs> in terms of how humanity views love and popular how culture they value views love. love. Yeah. And what happens? It's the air that we breathe. And so yeah. if we're not careful, we we begin to live as if these really they're, they're hints of truth, but there's false in false in here as well. Yeah. And we we begin to live like those are true definitions of love so what do we have to do we have to go to god's word we have to look at the command to love but also the example of love and what the fuel for us to love Mm -hmm. and so that's what we're going to look at today um yeah before we do that selena hinted at it we're gonna do some some quick housekeeping thank you to all your listeners raiders and reviewers Mm. somebody actually wrote in and said that they were going through a really hard time in their marriage like on the brink of divorce. Hmm. And right then God led them to this content, which obviously God is sovereign over us even creating this content. So God is working in and through the people listening to this and in and through us by God's grace, by Mm -hmm. his grace. Anyway, they came to this podcast and it totally changed the, uh, it got them thinking. I won't say that we changed them, but God used it to catalyze change in their hearts. That's awesome. Yeah. And it, and they're like on the, the road to, you know, health. Uh, you know, so if that's you, um, thank you for telling us. Yeah. If uh, you haven't yet and you've enjoyed this content, just do rate and review. It helps people as they get ready to listen. It helps kind of show them what they're in for. It also helps us get the word out. Um, secondly, if you want to support the podcast, and you want to be on mission with us, you can certainly do that. Uh, all we ask is that you pray and that you and you with your husband or with your wife. Um, pray and ask, is is this something that God is calling you to participate in? The mm-hmm. Fierce Marriage Ecosystem, the Fierce Marriage Podcast, also the blog, the books, the things that we produce online, the encouragements on Instagram. Uh, do you want to be a part of that? Um, if God is leading you to do that through prayer, uh, we have a way for you to act on that and to go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Mm-hmm. And there are benefits. There are, you know, kind of different things that we talk about. Um, we kind of open a little bit more of our personal lives there just because there's a little bit more bandwidth there to do it. Um, but we would love to partner with you in that way. And that I think is the most faithful. Um, I just love it because it's like the church being the church. Right. So anyway, patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Um, in fact, this last month was awesome. We usually see pa- patrons drop off at the beginning of every month. And that didn't happen this month. It's like the people that are hopping on board are really on mission. It's just amazing. It's awesome. um, and it's really confidence building for us. And finally, if you have any questions, call this number, 971-333-1120, or you can text that number, or you can go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast, and there's a button there. You can ask a question there. Um, we're going to do a Q&A episode at some point in the near future because mm-hmm. we, uh, we've not done a full Q&A episode in a while, and those are sometimes those really are helpful. fun and helpful, yes. Yeah. So. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> So we are talking about, again, Jesus is our example of love and our authority on love Mm. uh, when it comes to marriage. And so if we hold this truth to be true. Do we? Do we? We That's the question. No, we do. But do you, listener? Well, Um, if Jesus. 
do we truly hold this truth to be true? And that's always kind of the heart check for me, because we can say that with our mouths right, and think that right. with our but heads, are but are we with functionally, our hearts, are we acting out? Is our faith in action yeah, here? Yeah. Um, and so if we're living by this truth, then it is an authority that is governing how we love each other. It's governing our marriage hmm. um, and how we communicate that love to each other. So just to really um, understand and define love, uh, we're going to compare and contrast it a little bit. So culture's definition of love, which Ryan talked about within marriage, is very mm. contractual, self-serving, a feeling sort of to be pursued yeah. above all else. Uh, love is is easy. It's not something – it's something that uh, happens to us. It should be easy. It it's, should be easy. It's funny because that language of falling in love, what is falling? It, all it it's is like is going that, to the default, like, lowest <laughs> spot. Right, but it, like it gravity indicates is pulling that you to something it. that something's happening to us. It's not something that right. we are, like, actively engaged in. And it feel, and it's like you're helpless right. to where you fall. Like, right. It's just if some so force is pulling in, you. So if you fall in, then you fall out, right? Like, yeah. And then this idea that God is love, but love is not – or God is love – Sorry, I rewrote this wrong. Love is God, really, is what right. we believe God is love, and it's one of his attributes, but in culture, they flip it, and right. love is God, in that it is right. ultimate, and there is no accountability outside of love itself, because right. love is the God, not God is love, right. but God and, is also... And to contrast that with our looking at the Bible's definition of love and our true authority on love, you know, love is from God, which is in First John 4, and is perfected in us. Uh, we're going to talk about a few of these verses and chapters later. So love is is from God, perfected in us. It's selfless. As opposed to self-serving. As opposed yeah. to self-serving. Um, it's covenantal. It's not easy. It is it is active and intentional. Mm. Um, it's, it's a decision and not a default, right? Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. It's a way of being. First Corinthians 13 says the way of love. So it's not just a feeling to be pursued or worshipped. Are there feelings of love that come out of loving someone yes but are those the objective are those the things we're pursuing no those are they're they're the response mm. i believe yeah um and then again to just the mark it's a mark of a, a believer wow. yeah. biblical love is a way that the world sees god in us because of how we love again if it's selfless if it's covenantal then it's not contractual the world's saying wait a second why are huh. you calling that love when this is what we call love that looks different um, and someone who's been saved and has the Holy Spirit at work inside of him or her, they are they are empowered to love, right? We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to love how God has loved us. I want to hover on that a little bit. Okay. So you say it's a mark of a believer. Uh, is it possible for non-believers to experience and display love? Yes. Okay. I think so. Well, the Bible talks about in First John four how basically if we if we're you know. A, and John 15, but if we're abiding in Christ, if we are believers, then people will recognize us as believers through the way that we love, which in, hmm. is in, indicates that we love differently than the world loves. That's so well, I do think that unbelie- non-believers can love, are capable of like functionally loving selflessly, but is that consistent and like, do they live their life this way? all the time and they're right. constantly trying to do that i don't i would question that i would question the longevity of it i guess so i think there's maybe a inconsistency there's a lot of nuance and here. the motivation if we want to go there yeah well i mean so. that that gets down to your root of like ethics right. and what is good and what is bad and that goes down to like biblical ethics yeah but i also i think there's this um if you're a purist about it i, I 
I don't think that pure love is possible outside of the whole, the work of the Holy Spirit, pure, like biblical love. Yeah, I would agree. But I do know that God has given us this thing called common grace and his general revelation in the sense that we, in the way that we are created in the way the world operates, we can see it's almost like a shadow, Mm. shadows of these things. Yeah. Shadows of intimacy, shadows of love. And we can show a version of it, right. but it's a shadow. It's not the real thing. It's a, I don't want to say counterfeit because that's too harsh. Right. But it's not, it, it's a hint of what is to come and what can be. Right. And I don't, you know, we could argue semantics here. I don't, I think it's, generally speaking, I think it's possible through common grace for everyone to experience and give love. For right. sure to experience love, but to give it in a sense. Okay. Anyway, I'm, I'm more just kind of spitballing here because i haven't really thought through it in these terms but anyway so well, you can trust me i have you have thought through it in these terms all right I'll stand uh, i'll stand I'll stand down go ahead no. <laughs> so looking at jesus as our example and our authority on love hmm. you know his purpose his purpose was to come and die right and be resurrected back to life to conquer death which gives us life in him salvation sanctification um, and I think one of the greatest verse that, verses that really just pinpoint love and just highlight it as for what it is, the biblical love, which from here on out, we're kind of talk, we are talking about biblical love. And we're going to, I want to hear the greatest verse. I'm, I'm very, the, the tension is palpable. Is the greatest. <laughs> the greatest verse. But we're going to look at that alongside the evidence of Christ himself. Yes. And then the Holy Spirit will, will, and Christ, the love of Christ will allow us to then live out these actions of love that we see ex, ex, exemplified in Christ, right? right? Right. Anyway. When I say Jesus is our authority, he is, he's our standard, he's our definition, he is the one that gives the commands of how to love. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he is the voice and authority on I, what love I is. I just love that so much. You can't, I can't harp on that chord enough that he is the, the definition, mm. also the exemplar, the standard He's like all of it. He's shown us. And then he gives us, then he's like, now here, I'm going to let you love like I love. And he's giving us the ability Mm -hmm. to love. So it is, he is, he is love in in its entirety. (laughs) And not in some magical form. It's really like a a long term heart transformation. It's almost like a freedom to love. And then he's given us the ability through heart transformation to freely love each other and selflessly. Yes. Yes. Well, um, so John fifteen twelve through 13, Jesus says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down oh. his life for his friends. So if you want to talk about, like, biblical love versus worldly, like, definition of love, <laughs> there it is. Greater love has no one than this. Talk about selflessness, that you lay down your life. Your life, your 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 desires, everything about you, you're laying that mm. down for your friends. So... Again, there's hints of of this within culture where they would say, right. "Hey, be a good person, think and about other people, think about it, and be selfless. Go serve the homeless, and right. go do things that are all like they're good, good activities things. to yeah. do. They're equitable, all these different things. But there's a twist when it, when it happens. As soon as it gets it gets really hard and ugly. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm thinking of an example where maybe a husband is dropping the ball and not loving his wife well. That can take a thousand different forms. Mm-hmm. But I'm picturing the wife who's miserable because maybe it's gone on for years. Yeah. Okay. So the cultural definition of love would say, hey, you know. They'd have you respond. He, you deserve better. Right. You are not happy. You deserve to be happy. Right. You need to get rid of that deadbeat and go find somebody who can love you the way you deserve. Yeah. 
Biblical love okay. does not say that. No, but... <laughs> and that's so hard. That's a big pill to swallow. But you, but you, you could see it on the news. You could see yeah. it on TV. You could see it anywhere. They say, hey, it's good to love someone and to be selfless. As long as it's not for a long time, as long as it's not too hard, as long as as it's not too ugly, it's making you feel good. And as long as you're accepted the way you are, no one's challenging who you are because who you are is, by the way, it's defined by a thousand things outside of the Bible. It's your your race, your gender, your sexuality. It's a thousand different things. It's not any objective standard. So as long as no one calls you to that, to an objective standard that you disagree with, Mm -hmm. then you should love them. And as long as they don't get too close to you. Right. And they don't Give someone food, but don't invite them into your house. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, sorry, I just, the more you look at kind of the air we breathe and the Mm -hmm. culture we live in, the more the hypocrisy becomes so crystal clear. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to make sure that we're not living as hypocrites in this way. Yeah. No, this is a challenge to us as well. And I think we're most challenged in our marriage relationship because it is the closest human relationship ideally that you have Mm -hmm. uh, within your life. And maybe, you know that yeah so there are friendships that are close and so i want to be nuanced to there because god has given us this beautiful gift of friendship we see it in david and jonathan we talked about friendship along a while back but within marriage is unique relationship doesn't mean you can't have rich deep relationships outside of marriage it just means that it is unique especially in this expression of love particularly um uh different types of love Right, right right so so i think it's interesting too that you know Jesus, again, as our authority on love, he says, this is the greatest thing that you can do of, in, in love. There's no greater love than to lay down your life. But it, uh. also the first and second commandments that he gives us is he, when he came and he, you know, they were like, what's the, be- what's the best commandment out of all 10 or whatever? And he's like, I'm here to blow that out of the water. Like, <laughs> love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Like, that's wow. the first commandment is to love Wow. The Lord your God. The second one is to love your neighbor. So again, we see the vertical and the horizontal, it's not like to, relational. It's not to... Uh, love yourself. W- <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Boom! Hey, well, that's true. But it's also it's also not to um, like do all these things that, you know, that maybe resemble righteousness right. or do things that resemble service or... You know why he does this? And this is him cutting right to the absolute core of it is that if you love all that stuff will follow right if you love god with all your heart soul mind and strength all that stuff that you have to do mm-hmm. comes out of that being right of being one who loves god right and who is loved by god mm-hmm. yes <laughs> mm-hmm. and that well that's the starting point right, right. And, and then loving your neighbor comes out of that same place like if you anything you could do that's good for your neighbor bringing over you know food because they're sick or you know, giving them any sort of help or a kind word or right. listening to them, all of that will come out of a heart of love right. naturally. And to, to put that into like a marital relationship, right? What does that look like? You know, if if Ryan is not being very great at the moment or something. It never happens. But go ahead. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically speaking. Um is my response supposed to change because he's my husband and because I, I'm familiar with him, right? It, it, if anything, it should deepen my response to, or yeah, it should motivate my, I guess my motivation should be come from a deeper place of, okay, I'm not feeling this and I don't really want to, but I know this is how I'm supposed to love my, hmm. my husband right now. Like he's, he's being unlovable or he is not, he's being really selfish. Um, 
how can I, how can I show him God's love? How can I, you know, and I feel like that's yeah, a hard yeah. question to deal with because loving somebody well doesn't mean, again, loving by our standards, but God's standards. And what does that look like? And, how can, go ahead. Well, I mean, we could write, we could, there, there are probably books and volumes and volumes written on this <laughs> yes. topic, but the way Jesus just sl- slices like a hot knife through butter mm-hmm. all the way down to the core of that. It's not just love your neighbor. He takes it a step further and says, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. So like no one, no one would ever do themselves harm, like uh, uh, assuming, you know, health. Right, right. But, but no one, like I, I'm always looking out for myself. I always want like the, the best scenario for myself. Like right. if I'm tired, I want to get rest. If I'm hungry, I want to eat food. I'm supposed to love you in the same way that I would love myself. If I see you hungry, I'm not going to be okay with that. I want you to, it, metaphorically, <laughs> if you can just choose a restaurant, <laughs> I would gladly feed you. <laughs> You want to get Mexican? No. <laughs> how about teriyaki? Eh. I want something light. Okay. How about pho? Eh. <laughs> anyway, you're, get, uh, you're distracting me. Yeah. The but metaphorically speaking, literally yes. speaking, like if you're hungry, I want that need to be met. If you're lonely, I want that need to be met. If you're hurting, I want you to feel better. Right. I want to love you as I love myself. Right. If I'm in. If I'm in Christ, right, and I think I'm, an yeah. indicator of us not loving well is when we our response is not that you know you're hungry we'll go fi- figure something oh, out or that's convicting. You're, I'm being honest. How many times have I just like you don't feel good? Peaced out because well, I just couldn't handle it. I don't care. It. I didn't feel you're tired. Oh, I was tired last night, so I don't care. Like you know, when we start getting when that vocabulary starts being the record inside of our minds, then I think we're not loving. We're not on the track to love very well. I'm literally thinking to right before we 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 um we started this podcast, you're like, it's been a really long, full day. And I was in my head, I'm like, I was up an hour before you and haven't stopped since. <laughs> I'm thinking, not thinking about you at all. Okay, but you're not growing I'm, a baby. I always uh, get that one. I, always the trump card. <laughs> but I'm just, just point, kind of shining a light on my own, like, right. vacuous heart. It's okay. It's to okay. where I didn't even like think to be like, oh, I'm sorry, you've had a long day. How can I make you? It's been good and productive. It's just kind of been back to back to back to yeah. back to back. So, yeah. That's good to be aware of. So, so in this next section. Well, I, I just, no? I, I want to, are we going to read 1 Corinthians 13 at any point? We are, but not yet. We're not there in the notes yet. That's okay. the third. We are going to go through three sections of okay. scripture okay. Um, and and really flesh out how Christ's love translates into our marriage. Hmm, and there's it. two, there's a lot about love in each of these chapters, but we picked out two points that are kind of like, okay, this feels tension. I don't, I don't know how to love my spouse like like this i don't get this kind of thing at least that that was our hope okay my hope i wrote this (laughs) but in first john 4 talking about how god is love uh verses 18 and 19 talk about how there's no fear in love so there's no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love we love because he first loved us Hmm. so talking about fear in marriage fear in loving someone i think we very easily get married right and then we may not understand how we're afraid in our marriage, like in loving yeah. someone. Like okay. I, I get afraid, I think, to allow anybody really close to me. Even with you, I think I can like oh, keep yeah. you at arm's length and I can be like, yeah, 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 I'm telling you all the truth. Well, we just I'm going to hide this other little part because I, I don't want you to know that or I don't want to deal with that with you. Deal, uh, yeah. Well, we, I mean, we just celebrated 16 years married last yeah. week and... 20 years together and still 
I feel, and I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, but still at times I feel like you're keeping me at arm's length. Right. And that can be for a lot of reasons. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons, but I do feel like fear is one of them because you're afraid that I might in some way... um, Well, growing up in, you know, a single parent home, there might be some abandonment issues or there might be some, you know, just hurt in the past that was never really Mm -hmm. resolved. And so maybe not knowing how to navigate those waters very well. It's like, well, I just don't want to get in them. Mm. So we're just not going to go there. <laughs> yeah. You know? And to use a really um, relevant example is uh, I think a lot of spouses who have, um, if, if they're a husband or a wife and they've dabbled in pornography or they're addicted in right. pornography or there's any sense of, or they've um, even just been looking, you know, and lurking online, um, like on yeah, Instagram. and sure. Um, they have this sense that if I if I share this with my spouse, I right. won't be loved by right. them. Oh, fear and shame really go hand in. They hand do. Fear and shame go to... hand in hand. But here's the kicker, and and that's I think maybe people aren't saying it or I haven't heard it said, but the the reality is is you might not be loved by them because your spouse might not understand this. Yeah, they might run, right. and that's the tragic that's the tragic part of sin. And shame right. and fear and infidelity or, you know, even just lust and addiction yeah. is if you, that's why we always sit down first with any couple. We say, what do you believe about God? What do you believe about covenant? And what do you believe about love? Yeah. Because if you don't believe the same thing about right. those three things. Or if you can't even answer them. Then all of, like everything we're saying about true love, like maybe you're, there is no fear in love. That's true. But if you're not living in love in your marriage and it's not yeah. a two-way street. Um, tragically, that is a fear that's probably well-founded. However, here's the big gospel caveat, mm. is that we have all things we need. In Christ, we have all things we need mm. for life and godliness. Yep. So we have every fulfillment of every need in Christ. Right. Not just a pat answer, but it's true if, right. if and when we fully place our faith and trust and our affections on him. Right. And we know who he is. So we can live in the light as he is in the light, and we can have fellowship. Mm-hmm. That's another one from... Is that from First John? Mm, Somewhere in there. Sounds good. <laughs> first Ryan. No, it's an actual verse. 19. It's, a, it's an actual verse. I know it is. But, okay, then we can walk in the light as he is in the light, yep. being fully known, mm-hmm. fully loved in Christ, and that will kind of hold us over until we kind of feel the, have the affections and the feelings of love come around in our marriage, mm. if that ever happens. Yeah. The point is, is that we are honoring Christ first and honoring our spouse out of that honor and out of that love. Right, right. And so it's a bit, in that way, it's a step of faith. So anyway, love does drive out fear. I just don't want to be so like, uh, I just don't want to be so Christianese about it and say, all right, that's just, you shouldn't be afraid of anything. Right, no, it's just perfect know, love casts out fear. Yeah. And I think casting out, it's an active word. So it's mm. going to take on some under, like definition of, it's not just like, I don't, when I think casting out, I I do think of something somewhat quick, but it's also, I think it's more of like a, it's like a, you're not powerful. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a powerful movement versus like a quick movement. If that makes sense. Like it's a deliberate. Yes. It's a get out of here. Go on, get, (laughs) but also there's like a, this process of it to happen. Um, so that's, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. That's good. Um, the second part that I that kind of struck me was how in First John four twenty through twenty one, um, how we're called to love our brother, uh, mm. like brothers and sisters in Christ. Essentially, yeah, it's not your your physical, right. you know, your yeah. Although we are called, um, yes, but it says but the verse says, if anyone yeah. says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Hmm. 
So the question that is being asked here is how do I love my spouse kind of like no matter what, right? Like how do I, what does that look like if they've broken my trust or they've hurt me in a big way or they're just unengaged and apathetic? Like how am Mm. I supposed to continue loving them and why should I do that? I think that's a big question, and Kyle actually talked about that at church today. Like we're our pa- our one of our elders. one of our elders um, at church on yeah. Sunday talked about. It was a very like liberating sermon. You know what? You should just go check it out. It's you the gospel. Go check it out. The gospellifechurch.com, and it's the latest mess. It was preached on September. What is today? September first. Was it preached the first? on September first? Yeah. Okay. So find that's the gospellifechurch.com. Anyway, it's a really good message. Yeah, and it was but it was basically talking about like we can't judge who we're supposed to love and not love. Like who we show Christ's love to and who we don't show right. Christ's love to. Right. He's saying that we to. have to trust God to to basically There's, like sort out the wheat from the chaff or the yeah. wheat from the weeds. Right. And God yeah. sees from our perspective wheat and the what was the word? Was it charn or something like that? Chard? No. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> mm, favorite vegetable. Darnel. It's darnel. Wheat and darnel. They uh, look the like same. They grow the same. But when they when when they're at their their peak of production, they look different. They produce a different. Yeah. And they have different effects if if you consume it, them. Yes. And mm. so it was just interesting to me because I think we're so quick to say, "Well, you deserve love. You don't. You deserve love. You don't." And how quickly we do that in our marriage, especially when you know someone so well, right? Mm. And and God's like, well, I'm not, I may not be done with them yet. Maybe I'm not done with you yet. And I need this person to like, he's saying that you're not, you the, to, you're not responsible for the weeding of this field. You're right. supposed to tend to it basically. Right. right. Because I think the fear that, well, one of the things that Jesus is talking about is in a parable is that if you go about the business of weeding or, or torching the field, then you'll basically ruin some of the good. Right. Right. And that's why the, 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 the farmer is the one who should do it. Not us. Right. I, we, I, I go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. Well, this this makes me think of um, what was it? Uh, Mark seven. So it's on Luke seven. I'm sorry. Is the uh, the sinful woman who's forgiven? Oh yeah. Right. And it says, but he who's forgiven little loves little. Right. So giving love, loving my brother. In other words, my brother and my sister. So you're my sister in Christ. Before you're my wife. You were God's daughter first. Before you're my wife. Like he knew you. He loved you before I loved you. Mm-hmm. So I'm stewarding your heart as a daughter of God, that's a really intimidating thing. Right. Thank God he is loving <laughs> and he loves me, he calls me his son as well. But I, if I'm forgiven little, in other words, we're all forgiven much. Right. But if my perception of my forgiveness is little, mm. then my experience of love will be also little. So good. But if I have an appreciation of my sin, what I mean by that is if I understand the vast chasm between God's holiness awesomeness, greatness, majesty, everything about God that makes him God. Mm -hmm. And me, a human sinner, desperately in need of help. Somebody who has not only rebelled against God, but done it willingly Mm -hmm. and done it constantly and will do do it it constantly. (laughs) Okay. If I don't have good perception of those things, I have a small view of how much I've been forgiven. And therefore I have a small view of God's love toward me. Mm. So, which That's what this parable is talking about. We are only able to love, like smallly, I guess, in a small way. A yeah, small and way he who because... is forgiven little loves little. But he, it goes on. It, it um, you can assume the opposite. Right. right. He who loves much, who's forgiven much, loves much. Right. And so. That all that to say is that that's why we have to look at the gospel as our standard. Because if I 
am constantly feeling like self-righteousness. Like, I don't really need the love of Christ. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I'm a Christian because that's how I grew up. Or I just, I'm a good person. I don't really need him. Mm-hmm. Then I'm not going to have a radical view of what it takes to love a sinner. Right. And what it takes to be loved as a sinner. And the grace that it is that you even love me. And yeah. therefore, I should extend grace to you. We've always, we always say this, is that if God has not held my sin against me, how could I possibly hold your sin against you? In a moral sense. Right. 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 There is there is a sense that we have to rebuild trust. If there's trust that's been broken, we have to rebuild our relationship. If there's a fracture there. But Jesus says this. He also talks about it in Matthew, what is it? Matthew 8, uh, it's 8, Matthew, tw- uh, what is it? Matthew 18. Um, parable of the unforgiving servant, right? Where uh, just as a paraphrase is that this guy is forgiven like billions of dollars of debt in today's oh, yeah. money. Right. And then he turns around and goes to to collect a, like a $300 debt from a friend. He's right. like wringing his friend's neck saying, pay me back what you owe when right. his debt of billions of dollars had just been wiped clean. And, and, the, and the ruler, the king turns around and says, you wicked servant. And basically go to jail Right. Until you, he gave him a death sentence and go to jail till you can pay it back. Your family, everything, you're going to go in jail and earn it, which you could never earn it in a hundred lifetimes. You right. could never earn that back. Right. So, but we are like that wicked servant when yeah. we don't love each other, when we don't forgive, when we don't fulfill what this is saying and loving. Um, being and that, patient with each other and being kind right. and not judging and asking questions in earnest about a hard situation, not just necessarily yeah. policing someone. Right. You know, it's, our goal should be to under, to seek understanding about hard situations because mm. obviously it's, mm-hmm. it feels hard to love our spouse, right? And within the context of a hard situation where, again, trust has been broken, hurt has happened, or mm-hmm. there's just been this long period of ap- apathy and disengagement. Right. Um, <clears throat> we tend to think very momentarily, very short term. We do. We forget that we serve an eternal God yeah. who has this long view of our soul. Thank God. In eternity. <laughs> in eternity, not right. just the last five years. Right. Or the next five years. Or even our lifetime. Or the last, eternity, yes, right? yes. And so... That's why we have to align our view of love with his view, which is an eternal view. It's right. not a temporal view. It's not a lifelong view. It's an eternal view. Right. Anyway, and I that's could hard. On. That's hard. That's where we really need the Holy Spirit yeah, to, I'm minister, to, myself. I'm to minister trying, yeah. to us. Because in the midst of, you know, my husband's addicted, we aren't having sex, or we're just not connecting or whatever, you know, he's working so much, we don't have a relationship. In the midst of those really hard and dark times, we having that momentary view is, is just death to our hope, right? Yeah. But wow. God is just, he's like, I've got a longer view in mind. It's We're in this for the long game. Like, trust me. Trust that I'm at work. Pray. Pursue. Do what I, what you can do mm-hmm. and, and trust me. So um, moving on to this next section of verses. So we have two sections of or three sections, I'm sorry, of scripture. This is our second. Our first was First John 4. Which is God is love. Talking about, yep, yeah. God is love. There's no fear in love. And then how to love our brother no matter what. Um, John 15, <clears throat> we did touch on this about how greater love has no one than this. So Jesus commanding us to love as he has loved us, mm-hmm. uh, which is verse 12, love one another as I have loved you. And so the questions here are how can we love our spouse, which we have talked about. I feel like we talk about almost in every podcast episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is a marriage podcast. It but... is a marriage podcast. But when they make, again, when they make you so angry or they've broken your trust or you they deeply. don't feel, they just don't feel lovable. Like you sh- they, You're like, I don't want to love you. Like you don't do anything to make me want to love you. I've been there. <laughs> and no offense, but been there. And you've been there with me. Okay. Well, maybe once and... or twice. <laughs> Never been there. I was, I was just kidding. <laughs> Funny joke, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. No, we've, I think we've all been there countless times yeah. probably. Um, and so how do we, how do we love in those instances? And again, mm-hmm. when we go back to the biblical definition of love and seeing Jesus Christ as our standard and our example and our authority of love, you know, he was selfless. Greater love has known this, that they lay down their life, uh, for their friends. Mm-hmm. And so laying down our lives, not as like a doormat, right? There's a difference because, because, if you're being, there's a difference between being selfless and being a doormat, right? Right. Absolutely. One, one when you're being selfless, you're actually interacting. You're being act. You're doing an, an active, like intentional yeah. thing. Door, you're not being a doormat is being passive. Right. It's an excuse to be passive and, and apathetic just and just yeah. exist, right? But being selfless is a very active, loving thing to do. Yes. Being selfish is an active selfish thing to do (laughs) so asking yourself you know how has how has jesus loved you i think this goes back to what you were saying like when we have a small view of what we've been forgiven of we have a small view of how god has really loved us which means we have a small view of how we are going to love others especially when it comes to our spouse yeah and what it takes and what it costs to love others absolutely i think that's a big piece we've kind of gloss over is the cost Mm -hmm. of the love of god yes it's i mean i just I can't, I can't fathom. Okay. Yeah. Just real quickly, just hear you and I talking. I cannot fathom, or at least I struggle to fathom, how the eternal God of the universe would submit Himself. In, in the way I think, what, what is it Hebrews it talks about is like then submitting Himself to, or no, it's Philippians to death on a cross, right? And to to life, human life, to take on human flesh and human life and to submit himself to the law that he created and to live it perfectly, to fulfill the law that he created. Yeah. He created the law. He didn't have to obey it. Right. Right. I mean, I know there's a lot of, there's, I mean, he did because he's good and good is good (laughs) and and God God. is good. And he, but what I'm saying is that like, he created gravity too, ladies and gentlemen, he could have flown everywhere. He He can defy. He submitted himself to that. And yeah became flesh for us how vast a view of love is that yeah that that he has given us the example of love that is so um i don't know i don't know i'm just a little (laughs) bit mind blown by that so where where else do you want to go with this so the second part of this this section is john 15 talking about how christ is the true vine but how true true biblical love should bear fruit there should be indicators of real fruit being born in your life. And so in your life, in your marriage especially, I think it's in those really close proximity type relationships, especially your marriage, where you, if you're not seeing fruit, then you're not really loving well, right? I mean, that's, yikes. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, so I just, I did want to read verses 1 through 11. I know it sounds like a lot, but it's really Do it. good. Do it. I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown to the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, 
just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And then he goes in verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. So, two things here. Preach it. What do you got? We bear fruit, and that fruit glorifies God. So we are glorifying God by the fruit we bear. I was I, I was kind of taken aback by this thing that he said, and you, you glossed over it, not not maliciously, but... <laughs> I says, never oh. <laughs> gloss over scripture maliciously. <laughs> he said, uh, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, yes. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Take that in for a minute, because he, he's not just saying like, yeah, it's not like all of a sudden Jesus you know, departs from us. Kinda, in, in a very existential sense, yeah, it's very true. Kind and, of answers your question earlier Colossians that you said. 3. You said, can a, can a non-believer love how Christ loves? Yeah, he did. That's Well, okay, so <laughs> where am I getting that from? Well, Colossians 3. Yeah. Or just Colossians, talking about the preeminence of Christ, and that in him all things, like, all things exist. Right. And he is like preeminent before all creation. He's the firstborn of all creation. Mm. So, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's not just, there's no caveat to that. Right. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so, like, literally, he's holding our very atoms together by his grace and mm-hmm. by his sovereignty and by, by his preeminence. He is holding matter itself together. And so, basically, he's saying, give credit where credit's due. And when you do that, love will be the right. outcome. Right. Love will be the. When you're abiding in, in me, right now, you could spend books talking about what it means to abide in Christ, mm-hmm. to be in Christ. Right. Well, and he gives us this of picture Christ. of like the true vine, like a vine and branches. Yeah. So that's going to so bear natural fruit. Picture. So what you're saying is that if love is alive in us, if, if Christ is alive in us, if we are abiding in him, mm-hmm. it's, it's a fact. No matter what you do, apart from him, you can do nothing. So every breath you take is a, is a gift from God. Okay, so that's a humiliating thing in a good way. Mm-hmm. Humiliate gives us, it's a humbling thing, not humiliating. <laughs> humbling thing. Who's mixing their words now? Well, they're similar. <laughs> and so it's a humbling thing. Now, if I'm abiding in him, I will bear fruit. And so the question it begs and the reality that it points us to is that if we are always fighting in our marriage, love is absent. Mm. Now, there's some good fighting that's productive, but if it's if it's just vitriol and it's totally just caustic fighting and right. it's not getting you anywhere and it's just filled with rage it's and anger and hate. Yeah. It's not going toward reconciliation. That's always the marker. Is, yeah. that, is that fight leading somewhere healthy or is it leading somewhere unhealthy? Mm. And are you saying things that you're going to regret later? Lots of stuff to be said about communication, mm. ironically. Unironically, I should say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to bear fruit in our lives yeah. that is is pointing us toward love. So... The opposite is if you have no fruit, what happens? We are pruned. Why? So we can bear fruit. Mm. And so I think remembering that, the prune, the pruning seasons, remembering in the fruitless seasons, mm. that there's a reason that in the in how well we're yeah, abi- abiding in yeah. the... Well, what I was going to say is there's a reason, and it's based on how well or how poorly we're abiding in Christ, mm. or how well or how poorly we are a vine or he is the vine and we are the branches, if that makes sense, right? Because right? as a branch, always wanting to be the vine, aren't we? We want to be the vine. We want to be independent. Like, just right. lop me off of this this vine. It's a I huge buzzkill. Produ- I can produce fruit. I can produce <laughs> fruit. Just let me hang out in the dirt. Just throw me on the ground. I'll find roots. <laughs> You're not a succulent. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a, what are those things your mom always grows? They're succulents. They're chicks the and hens. Hens and chicks, that she calls them. Hens yeah, she's like, chicks. you just throw them anywhere and they start growing. It's, it's true. It's true. But those that's thing, not what you are. Those things are resilient. You are a vine. I'm a human. I'm not a. Hand. You are a branch to the vine. <laughs> yes. So anyway, that's good. So, 
anyway, is that are we bringing that one too close? Because yeah, I'm up. excited about this one, and it's funny because <laughs> this is like the quintessential love passage. So bear with me, but I want to read from First Corinthians 13. The whole podcast started with this, but like I started getting diving into other scripture, and I was like, can't ignore this other parts of scripture. Not that we're ignoring it, but like there's a lot in John yeah. 15, First John 4. To talk about there's a lot in the whole bible let's so, just be honest yeah yeah and i love first corinthians 13 because it's really paul is talking to, to the people of corinth the church in corinth it was there's a lot going on in terms of how they viewed love and how they viewed it yeah. poorly and their expressions of love were were informed by the culture of the day corinth was a very active city it was right in, the, in an isthmus so it was getting seaton isthmus i feel bad if you had a if you had a like a uh, what is a it? Lisp. A lisp. <laughs> it's, it's myth. <laughs> Good. <laughs> the Apostle Paul. Hey, talk, Stop. They have, they have an it's myth. Anyway. You probably had a lisp, didn't you? I did not. Maybe I did. I don't know. So there's a there's two bodies of water and there's two bodies of land. Yes. And there's a lot of... there's a, It's basically New York City, okay? It's, it's as worldly and as cultured as New York City. And he's addressing this. So in a lot of ways, this is us in the West. Mm. In a lot of ways, he's talking to us, and he has to draw the line in the sand and say, listen, you're doing something that's love, that you think is love. It's not. Here's what love is. Mm. That's not love. This is. And here's what he says. Love is patient and kind. It, 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 it begs a point. Like, they're basically living in a way that love is not patient and love is not kind. Okay? Well, if you're selfish, love is yes. impatient yes. and taking. Yes. <laughs> not kind. Just and it's like self-serving. rough and self-serving. Yeah. yeah. So um, it says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Okay, so obviously there's a lot of, tr- a lot of that we've talked about um, thus far on the episode. I want to go back to our book. So we talked about this last week a little bit, I think. The book Fierce Marriage. The book Fierce Marriage. And we actually, so what I love about this is we see this in the person and work of Christ. So we see him working out every aspect that Paul, Mm. that Paul just says, Christ shows. Mm. Paul is telling us Christ is living it and showing us. And so I want to, I'm just going to quickly go through what, what a little bit of what we wrote here says, uh, so God's ultimate love was proven to us through Christ's life, death, and resurrection. Christ is the literal personification of God's love, and it is only through trusting him that we experience and are able to give true, lasting 1 Corinthians love to each other. Mm-hmm. So the first one, Jesus' love is gritty and pure. He met the needs of the people around him through healing, uh, providing food, ultimately giving his life that we might be saved. So that's the selfless, that's the pure side of love. Um, uh, let's see. Christ is the perfect lover of our soul. He is the ultimate example of patience. He waits lovingly at your heart's door for an invitation in. And when invited, he'll come in and eat with you and you with him. Revelations 3.20. Love it. Jesus was never arrogant or rude. He dined with social outcasts and sinners because he loved them. He called them into salvation in the same way he would dine with you and me. He is a good shepherd tending to our wounds. A shepherd was the one who would pick feces, fecal matter out of the, out of yeah. the, the wool of the sheep. He's the one who's healing their broken bones. It's not a lofty position to be in. (laughs) Jesus was selfless, all right? His will totally aligned with the Father's. Though fully man, he never insisted on his own way. He he rejoiced in doing the will of the Father, even as he walked the path to the cross. A few more. Jesus does not grow irritable or resentful with us. Mm. Thank God. 
We see that in how he patiently instructed us in ways that we can understand through parables and stories and how he, he discipled and loved the disciples, oh, even in the midst of their struggle. doubt, in the face of the Messiah. Yeah. Uh, finally, Jesus never fails and never ends. He was there at the dawn of time. That's in John 1. And he will remain for us. He will remain that way. He will remain for all eternity. His presence and power know no bounds. And the same is true for his love. I wanted to close with this. It says, Your marriage will flourish when Christ becomes your absolute standard and context for loving each other. Anything else is rooted in convenience rather than covenant. Mm. God is calling you to something richer, deeper, and vastly more fulfilling than convenient love. God is calling you to covenantal love. But not only that, He is not only that, He's shown us. He's calling us to it. He's told us, but He's also shown us, and He's given Himself to us in this first Corinthians way. Right. And he so, empowers us and helps us to do that. And so the response is then yeah. to live out not just a convenient version of love, but a covenantal love toward each other. Right. So when I'm feeling like being very selfish, I can then choose to not be. Yeah. Is that a, is that, that's a supernatural decision because <laughs> it's hard. Like, it uh, if we're in the flesh, flesh we yeah. just want what we want. Right. Right. Or if I and feel if like. if we don't do it or get it, then we get mad yeah. about it and get all. In the funk. So what do you, so one piece that I want to pick on here is, uh, well, two that you kind of talked about is rejoicing in wrongdoing. What is, how can we possibly do that? Or how do we do that? And believing all things, what does that actually mean? Uh, just, I mean, just quickly, you know, we may not outright rejoice in wrongdoing, right? Like it says love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. But if you, if, if you're talking about like transparency, right? And we're talking about living in the light, if we're allowing things, sinful behavior and addictions to continue on with, within the confines of our marriage, we are essentially rejoicing in wrongdoing. Hmm. I, I feel like, I know it feels like a big leap, but really if we're not um, rejoicing in the truth of God's love and his freedom, and what that means is we are, we are acknowledging that this is sinful behavior, we're acknowledging that this is wrongdoing, we are not going to rejoice and live in this any longer. We are going to live and rejoice and walk in the way of love, how God has loved us. Hmm. So that means we're going to we're going to step out of that. We're going to draw those lines. We're going to start the healing process, and we are going to bring others in to help us understand God's truth and to help us to rejoice in the th- in the truth and not in the wrong things that are happening within our marriage. Hmm. Um, the last Good. one I feel like is a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, talks about believing all things or love trusts all things in different versions. It talks about that. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty, like, that's challenging, I think, for marriage, right? Especially one that has, again, undergone maybe some infidelity or, again, addictions. There's just been a huge betrayal of trust, a lot of hurt, right? Yeah. So love is saying what? Just believe all things, just trust all the time, no matter what. I was like... God, help me reconcile this. It feels like a blind faith. It yeah. feels like just kind of a... And I don't think God's called us to that. I, don't, I mean, Is that that's blind what he's saying. Faith. That's yeah. not what he's saying here. And He's not saying... Um, it's not like some sort of... Uh, it's not a an ignorant or a like you're just, you know, glossing not, over things. Right. Brushing things under the carpet or under the rug or... Well, and you have to take it for it what this it. verb... What this word is. It's a, it's a verb. So we went to gotquestions.org, great website. We've told talked about it many times. Um, and they say, you know, first we should understand what the description of love 
does, does not, not mean. mean. The mm. fact that love believes all things does not make a loving person a dupe, <laughs> is what they said. <laughs> Neither does it mean that love is naive, undiscerning, or credulous. We're not talking about gullibility here and a foolish lack of skepticism. This, these are not parts of love. The Greek word translated as believes is a form of the verb pistio, I think, which means to believe, place faith in, or trust. The word is, co- is a common one. Um, and it's found in the context in which belief is an expression of love. But this is the kicker. Those who love will always believe in the other person. There's no second guessing or questioning of whether the person should be loved. Hmm. Love is simply given. It's unconditional. Love, lo- The loved one does not need to perform anything or achieve a certain goal in order to be loved. Just as Christ wow. loves his children unconditionally, he calls us to love others. Love is based on who he is, not on what others do. So that's you've, what it's saying in this passage. You've just blown my mind. Cause You're welcome. Thank you for digging that up. Because that's one of those parts of this passage that I've always just kind of dismissed. Like, I'm not sure what that means. I'll just move on to something else. <laughs> well, what he's saying is that... It, but it's a powerful way to understand love. placing belief yeah. in the person. Belief, not just belief, blind belief, but belief as an expression of love. Meaning right. that you don't have it together now, but I believe that you can. Because I'm not God. Yeah. Because God has put me in your life to be your spouse. He's put you in my life to be my spouse. Right. I don't see how this is going to work. I have to believe. Yeah. I think particularly in terms of addiction, okay, yeah. not just, so all kinds of addiction, drug, alcohol, gambling, pornography, whatever the addiction is, right. Spending. if you've experienced addiction personally, or you've, you've known someone closely who's addicted, which is probably a large number of people listening yeah. to this podcast, you know how out of control you feel, Right. whether you're addicted or are closely related to somebody who's right. addicted. You, you know how it feels hopeless because it's like, it's got such a hold on, on right. you or on that person. So what is the love? Well, he's saying love believes that there that you believe as an expression of love. I mean, what's that? The 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 antithesis of that would be I'm giving up on you as an expression of apathy. Mm. So instead of giving up on you, I'm not giving up on you. I'm sticking with you, even though you consistently always break down. Right. You consistently always break our covenant or you whatever. Jesus is the like. Again, while we were still sinners, <laughs> Christ died. Yes, <laughs> you blow my mind, and I just I love it because that to me is so crystal clear now that it's belief as an expression of love, right. not just belief because you're not facing the truth or doing it because you just don't really know what it means, and you're just right trying to. And it's and it's not a, it work. it's not in any way a blind thing. It's an eyes wide open thing. Right. The thing is, is you see God bigger than you see the person. You so see good. who they can become versus who they are right now. Yeah, and remembering because of how, their identity in Christ, and remembering how God loves us, like yeah. long term. He's in mm-hmm. He's in this for the long game. So that's good. All right. Trust. So, in closing, First John three eighteen, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Mm. I think we just want to end it with that verse because (laughs) love, again, is not just saying frilly words. It's not just talking about doing things, but it's actually doing them. And like you said, not with our eyes half closed, but with them wide open, understanding Mm. the truth about love, understanding who who the authority is on love and how he governs our lives. And trusting that, trusting his definition, trusting his authority, trusting that he designed it and created it a certain way when we aren't feeling of all the feels that we want to feel, when things aren't working out how we think, we are still committed to his way of loving rather than our own understanding. So that's phenomenal. So what do we got here for our conversation yeah, challenge? Couples listening to this, how can we put this into tangible practice? 
this moment. I am always about going to read the Bible. So First mm. John, go read these three chapters. They're not long and they're really great. First John 4, John 15, and 1 Corinthians 13. First John 4, John 15, and 1 Corinthians 13. Right. And list okay. out a few aspects of biblical love and discuss whether or not you are loving each other well. It gives why, you an opportunity not? to do two things. If you if you honestly take this and have that conversation, which if you do that, good for you. <laughs> it'll be fruitful. It'll be fruitful. And that's what we're saying. Go do this. It, it'll give you two opportunities to explain and express how you love each other, but mm. also maybe to who have not a conversation for how or maybe why you have not felt loved. Mm. And that's okay. That's okay to have that to have those They're talks good and to say, have those conversations. I feel loved when you do this. I don't feel loved. I feel the opposite of love when you do this. <laughs> right. It's good. And I think those two that those two things um, are helpful for any relationship, no matter how long you've been together, no matter Absolutely. where you're at. So, all, all right. right. Well, thank you, Selena. This rundown was sponsored by Selena's special sauce, salty and sweet. Oh, what a treat! <laughs> Soon to be cookies. We had we had one somebody texted in and they said, "I've been waiting for those cookies to go for sale." And I said, "All the critics agree. They're far too salty and not nearly sweet enough for public <laughs> consumption." <laughs> I was like, Brian, is somebody really expecting cookies? <laughs> like, that's why I, I, I moderate the text messages, <laughs> not like, you. <laughs> oh, dear. This is, they're going to be let down. <laughs> no, but seriously, Selena, thank yeah. you for putting this together, uh, this rundown. It's just, it, man, it, we're marriage writers, and I've been a Christian for the most of my life, and been and this still blows my mind. As and it God should. Is the gospel still good is so and, good and rich and yeah. renewing and new all mm-hmm. the time, I feel All the like. time. So let me pray for us. Okay. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for clearly showing us love, for giving us instruction for mm-hmm. love. God, you gave us your words that describe and um, illustrate what it means to be loved by you and how that should bear bear fruit in our lives. It should transform our hearts and enable us to love each other. And then you've given us, by mm-hmm. your Holy Spirit, you've given us the ability to live this out. So God, thank you for that. Thank you for this profound, deep truth that you are love, Mm -hmm. that you have given us love, and you've called us to that same way of love as you talked about in 1 Corinthians 13. So thank you, Lord, for that. I pray for the husbands and the wives who who can't feel it right now, Mm -hmm. and they feel like love is lost. They feel like they've forgotten it. They've forgotten what it means to show the way of love Mm -hmm. to each other, to understand that you are love, and to, um, to grasp that what it means to have a greater love um, the, the greater love of laying down their lives for each other. I pray that you would open up their ears and their hearts and soften their hearts to each other. I pray that you would work in their marriage. I pray that you would strengthen their marriage. I pray that they would be stronger for it, God, as you prune. And I pray that the fruit would, would grow back and it would be fuller and richer than ever. Mm-hmm. And I pray that you'd use their testimony to, again, to show more people what it means that you are love and you're mm-hmm. calling them to love. So in your precious name, Lord, amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. We're so thankful for you. Selena and I, well, Selena, we, aren't we? Well, I'm, I'm extremely yes. blessed to be able to do this. Yes. So thank you for listening, Fierce listeners. And um, of course, we'll be back in about seven days. And until then. Are you serious? Oh, this episode's been in. The- <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Okay, okay, okay. I got emotional. Okay. This episode is? In the can. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you in a few days. Until then, stay fierce. I got emotional. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.